Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. This is Mining Stock Daily. Happy to be joining you once again for another uh, corporate introduction to a guest in a company that uh, has never been on the show before. Uh, special thanks to everybody that did reach out uh, online with some recommendations of companies that they did want to hear from. And this is one of them. Happy to welcome Nomad Royalty to the show. Nomad trades on the TSX Venture with NSR and also on the OTCQX in the United States with NSRXF. And joining me now is the head of the company, Mr. Vincent Metcalf. Hey, Vincent, pleasure to join you. Thanks, Trevor. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, so we're going to spend just the first couple of minutes uh, hearing from you about really getting this company off the ground running. It's a brand new company, new t- this year. Uh, I believe you really started, I think it was February of 2020. Uh, in fact, uh, is this one caught my eye back in the day because obviously being from Denver, I'm familiar with Orion Resources and our uh, mutual colleague, Mr. Doug Silver. Uh, but uh, you you were able to buy some acquis- uh, acquire some royalties from them and also from Yamana. Uh, but don't let me tell the story. I want to hear it from you. Uh, why these? You know, why get Nomad off the ground and what makes you different? Yeah, no, I think that thanks a lot for the intro. But the, the, the main thing for us when we looked at these, uh, these two portfolios that we acquired um, was cash flow um, and, and the possibility of capturing, um, you know, gold price increases over the next few, few years and, and, then, and then hopefully decades. And I think that's what makes, uh, you know, the big difference between Nomad and maybe some of the other newcomers in the royalty and streaming space is having the possibility today to capture increases in gold prices. And we've seen it already. I mean, we... Um, as you mentioned, we've we we, we bought uh, portfolios from Orion and another one from from Yamana. And but when we actually signed the exclusivities um, agreements with both with both parties, gold price was around fourteen hundred. And here we are sitting at uh, eighteen eighteen hundred today. Um, you know, everybody's kind of shaken up by some of the gold prices, um, you know, movements of the last few weeks. But you know, we're four hundred dollars ahead and. 10 months ago. So at the end of the day, I mean, the, the, the royalty business is, is, has a lot of advantages, um, you know, high profit margins, great, you know, revenue per, per employee, um, probably some of the, the, the biggest percentages in, in, in the world, really. Uh, investments are, are pretty stable when you look at it, because from our perspective, we're the longest, I would say, uh, you know, investors are in these companies, in these projects, because once we do these royalty investments or these stream investments, we're there for, for for the long run. There's no there's no us kind of backing out of these investments. So, for us, once we've done these investments, we kind of look at at, at the you know the, making sure these operators are stable and are keep reinvesting in these uh, in the in these projects. And for us, that was the the, the key thing for us in in creating Nomad. We um, we saw a great opportunity to come in and be relevant from day one. Um, and and these these cash flowing um, streams and royalties gave us that opportunity. So really, what was it? I mean, you're looking back you know, when this was just an idea. What, you know, what spurred that idea for Nomad? I mean, what made you say, like, you know, I want to go spend a ton of money I don't have and buy and start a royalty company? <laughs> well, well, look, again, it's it's we were a team, you know, between Joseph, Elif, and myself that had spent the last six years directly involved in, in the royalty and streaming sector. And we saw a great possibility of coming into a, a good size uh, company, and I think that's you know we've we've seen the Francos, the Wheatons, the Royals of the world do very well over the last 10, 15 years, but they're now at a size where for them to keep growing substantially over time um, is going to get tougher and tougher. It's going to re- require bigger checks. 
where we're coming in at you know around a 500 million dollar market cap is every deal for us is relevant and that's for us what was the the main driver is we were coming in and we knew we were going to be very active on day one and we also had the the benefit of having been in the sector for six years and having seen what works and what doesn't work. You know, uh, with with our previous company, we listed on the New York Stock Exchange. We had our offshore sub. We bought royalties. We bought streams. So everything we're doing now is almost a repeat. But what we're trying to do it is basically accelerate it and also make sure that you know we execute the plan that we put forward. Meaning, you know, the NYC listing will come because we know it will add future you know, uh, flows to this sector, uh, to, to our company, but we didn't want to do it on day one. We wanted to grow the platform, get a diversified portfolio, get that stability, and then show the market, you know, what, what the power of this portfolio really is. And I think that's, you know, once we, we've shown that f- through a few quarters of results, then an NYC listing makes sense. So again, it's it's experience, I think, from what we we've seen in the last few years, and and really just kind of executing on on what we wanted as a plan. What what gives you confidence? I mean, try, you, since you know, uh, have done some of this stuff before, but what gives you confidence? Learning which you did before, thinking that now you can go in and you mentioned it, accelerate this process. Yeah, well, I, I think there's two, you know, the approach we have to investing now um, as a publicly uh, listed company in, in the world in streaming space and what we've seen over time um, where companies that have gotten hurt in our sector is is when there's too much, uh, I guess, focus on doing project financing on, I would say, earlier stage, um, you know, feasibilities or PEAs and scoping studies where you get this a lot of competition from your competitors on an asset that hasn't seen necessarily the permitting stage that hasn't seen the proper engineering um and and probably not the the financing package Uh, so so where we're going to be investing is really you know when we're looking at this lasan curve and that always comes back is we're going to be investing on the early on the early stage so really more greenfield and resource drilling type um situations and then in the the construction and near-term opportunities what we're going to avoid is kind of that that lull effect in the middle where, um, and again, you, you're still subject to permitting, financing and future engineering and then ramp up. Like th- that's where, you know, obviously there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of big financing packages that are available, but you're also taking a lot more risk during that during that period. Um, we think, again, like our partners, Orion, um, they're well suited to that. They're private. They don't need to report on what's going on on these assets on a quarterly basis. And that's the dynamic we really want to stay away from is, you know, having to sit in front of you, the investor, and say, oh, that 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 deposit that deposit's still in our production for these different reasons. When we did the investment, we said it was three years. Well, it's going to be more like five years. Well, that means the original investments were not realizing the proper IRR and the proper value on these things. So that's where we're probably going to stay away from. Or, or if we do it, it's going to be on a very risk-adjusted basis where it doesn't skew our, our portfolio too much to one side or to one single asset. Is it fair to say that your strategy here uh, for growth is maybe the more expensive strategy compared to some of that, say, grassroots prospect generator top type of work hopefully leaning itself into some sort of royalty down the road i would say it's it's in a sense yes but at the at the it's a different model in the sense we're, we're really not looking to generate royalties from scratch that's a much longer process i think 
for us, um, you know, our ultimate goal, the first time we, we started talking about Nomad back in February was, you know, we've talked about being part of a platform that's two to three billion dollars worth in, you know, two to three years. Because we know as we grow the, you know, the, the, the royalty and streaming space is all, is all about growth. It's if you're not buying stuff, you're not growing because at the end of the day, you have, you know, yes, your 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 operators are going to keep investing in your assets, and you you know you're going to keep generating more cash flow. But to really grow that per share metric, you need to to have a high multiple and then redeploy capital at a lower multiple and just keep multiplying that effect over time. And that's how Franco went from ten dollars to two hundred dollars. And you you know it, it's not just on the back of the gold strike acquisition and the higher gold price. It's really about redeploying that capital in a cost effective manner and and making sure that you focus on the on the per share metric. So for us, you know, again, it's it's taken our platform, which is around a half a billion dollars today, um, to a two to three billion dollar platform. And that that means it's going to increase liquidity. You're going to see the, you know, right now we don't have any ETFs or indice inclusion. That's going to come on the back of the second uh, the first quarter of 2021. Um, once we've done basically nine months of trading. So those are all things that, you know, we're preparing for um, and we know how to get there. But it's growing the platform and making sure we we, we, we adjust our portfolio portfolio accordingly. Uh, you, you have gone to the markets this year and raised some cash, um, obviously. Can you tell us about you know, how much money you have in the bank and what allows you to continue to do these deals? I, we will go into some of the recent transactions because there's a ton of them in this year. But just talk to us about how much money you have and, and where this cash needed to be to continue the acquisitions will come from. Yeah, no. So we're in a really good position uh, at the moment. We have around $20 million US in the bank. We also have a, a credit facility um, that has, gives us the, the, the ability to um, to borrow up to $75 million of additional um, capacity. So, you know, we're probably close to $100 million US of capacity at the moment. Uh, when we raised the money, it was actually a concurrent raise of $13.3 million Canadian, um, which was actually for uh, a payment to Yamana on the close of the, the first transaction. Um, so that money was actually not for, for corporate purposes, I would say. Um, and uh, so, so really, you know, we, we started trading at 90 cents. We're sitting here around 120 today. We've hit a high at one point of, I think, $1.80. But I would say, you know, at the moment, we're in a very good position. The liquidity is going to keep growing. Um, we've diluted down, um, you know, uh, Yamana and Orion from they were over 90 percent between the two of them um, as we started the company back in or as we started trading in May uh, in May. Now they're actually just under or just around 80 percent. So we've diluted them around over 10 percent through a few different acquisitions that we just done. Um, so, again, it's 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 keeping, you know, the, the execution of the plan. And there, you know, Orion's been a great, great, great um, partner. Um, and they're looking to, to see growth through this platform. Um, they see an incredible amount of, um, you know, a, of new opportunities. And when there's a royalty or stream angle, they pick up the phone and say, hey, guys, have you looked at this? Is there something for you in here? And it almost acts as a second corporate development team, which is, is, is really great. So, um, you know, great partners. So kind of, I, I would encourage everybody to go to the website, nomadroyalty.com and just kind of look at a breakdown of all the royalty acquisitions that uh, the company has, uh, you know, uh, closed this year. It's, it's quite fascinating. Uh, 
you know, most recent being Coral Gold. One that really sticks out here to me, Vincent, is the royalty on uh, the Moss Mine, Northern Vertex. I mean, you guys came into that thing almost right when that, I mean, that company really turned that project around pretty quickly. And from what I can tell, it's going to be a cash cow pretty soon. But how do you find these things? Like, you know, like, and how do you approach the royalty uh, financing with these companies? No, it's it's really about, uh, you know, being in the business for, you know, we, as, as we've been directly involved in the royalty space since 2014. Uh, Joseph and I were actually part of the banking team when, when Franco IPO'd back in 2007. So we, you know, we've been uh, pretty much involved in the royalty and streaming uh, sector for, for quite some time. We've enjoyed it. Um, and, and really, the main thing to to be relevant in the space is to 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 be um, you know in front of the operators and in front of the third party owners uh, on a constant basis and making sure you grow you grow your relationships because um, you know a vendor might not be um, you know ready today but if gold price moves uh, five hundred dollars maybe at one point says you know what uh, let's take some money off the table here so these are very long term relationships that you have to you know to to nurture um and it takes time and we we've done the work and, and now um you know from an operator point of view um Joseph and I have had the benefit of talking and been been part of i would say 90% of the processes in the last 5 6 years so a lot of the whether it's the bankers that are running the processes whether it's the the operators that are looking to do a second stream on some of their different assets um, they know us. So and and I think that's something that's very important when we've seen a lot of new royalty companies pop up, but not a lot of them actually have a streaming angle or at least experience behind that. And it's a very different skill set than, than than buying a royalty. It's a, it's it's something that you need to have done two or three of those at a minimum to really understand and to be really relevant. So we've done uh, probably over 10, 15 and we've actually bought um probably around 10 different streams as well, which we've restructured and so on. So we have, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's having that experience and being able to, to hit the, the, the ground running. Uh, taking a look at just kind of how the company's made up, you do have uh, about 540 million fully diluted shares out. Uh, you know, if you were to look at that in a, like a junior explorer, you could make the argument that there's a lot of dilution there. Uh, does, is that concern allevi- uh, uh, alleviated because you're a royalty space? Um, I, I mean, you have to kind of look to, to how this came to be. I mean, in, in a year ago, we had 30 million shares outstanding. The, I would say that the main thing is who owns these shares, right? Um, the, the, the reason why we have such a high share count is Yamana and, and Orion decided to take most of the consideration of what they were selling uh, in shares. Um, so, you know, uh, Orion, for example, took back uh, $268 million share, uh, U.S. Of, of shares of Nomad. So that's why they ended up with 77% shareholder um, at, at, on day one. Um, and same thing happened with uh, with Yamana. They ended up being a 13% shareholder on day one. But again, they have full confidence that we'll realize more value um, over time through the platform. Um, and they wanted to participate in that upside. So, you know, right now we're sitting around um, 70% for Orion and 11% for, um, for Yamana. So of those 560 odd uh, million uh, sh- shares outstanding well most of it is in is in the hands of Yamana Ryan and and management team owns around 2.5% too so it's a pretty you know it's a pretty tight shareholdership at the moment at the moment and 
that's something that we're going to keep working on. Um, you know, we've only been trading for just over five months. We now have seven research analysts that cover us. And it's really getting that word out and getting in front of the institutionals, getting in front of the retail shareholders and, and making sure that people know what Nomad is, really, um, because, you know, it takes time. It doesn't happen. Uh, I, I want to say that out of 50 meetings, 35 to 40 of the, the, the meetings, you know, might have heard of me and Joseph, but haven't heard about Nomad. So it's, it's really about getting the word out uh, at the moment. It's interesting. I was thinking about Orion when they when they take positions. I mean, they don't just take you know some of the larger positions. They take the largest position in a lot of their deals. I mean, like by far the largest position of all of the big shareholders. Yeah. in the company, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not the only one. But I think the seventy percent ownership is probably the largest of any of the deals I've done off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I think it is. So, but again, I think it's, it comes with a lot of benefits as well. And, you know, so far we've diluted down around 8%. So, and, and those shares are in a, in their second fund that still has eight to nine years of life. So that's the timeline for us to kind of crystallize more value. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, we, you do have to mention uh, the dividend. I mean, I, I mean, this thing came out quick. I mean, you never hardly see a company in this space that just, you know, the first year of its life say we're going to be paying a dividend. That never happens. Yeah, well, you know what? We uh, that, that goes back to, I guess, the original vision for the company. You know, what was important when we started the royalty company is having that cash flow. And why do we want that cash flow? Well, we talked about the capacity of having that 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 credit facility to be relevant and to be able to compete on these larger assets. The second thing is having a strong dividend. And why do you want that strong dividend? Because that goes back to what we said of creating a platform of two to three billion dollars. If you create that two to three billion dollars, who are you catering to? You're catering to more of a generalist crowd. And having marketed a royalty company for the past six, seven years, I would say 90% of those big generalists, what do you have a dividend? Yes. Or have you been growing your dividend? What's your track record? Um, so that's something that is very important for, I would say, the non- uh, well, non-savvy mining investor, if you want to say, or, or investors that want uh, exposure to precious metals, that but are, are not necessarily willing to go down in the nitty-gritty of a, of a, of an explorer or a developer or a producer and having to go through every single mine um, and, and understand those cost structures. A lot of people that invest in royalty businesses are, are they want they want two things: they want exposure to gold and silver, and, and they want exposure to resource growth, which a gold bar doesn't give you. So. That 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 dividend is very important for 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 some of them. So and, and it's important for us that you know one thing to note: management team's not taking a cash salary this year. We're taking shares on a quarterly basis. We have our own shares um, because we want it to be as aligned as possible with the investors. So if 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 we have a strong royalty, well, it's good for me. It's good for you. Um, and and having that dividend grow over time, which we think it will, because we still have a few other assets that are coming online within the next twelve months. Um, that dividend will keep growing. And right now at 1.6% yield, we're, we're double our peers pretty much. So, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of growth coming that, 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 that side too. Uh, Vincent, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for that introduction to Nomad. I mean, 20 minutes isn't 
hardly enough time to really get the crux of everything that you've done and accomplished here in the last year, but we appreciate the rundown. If anybody has questions that they'd like me to pass on uh, to Vincent, happy to do that. Just email me, Trevor at clearcreekdigital.com. Uh, Vincent, how can people reach out to you? Uh, they could actually go on our website, and uh, we're probably one of the only companies that do this, but we have a book a management, uh, book a meeting with management, um, which, uh, you know, you go on our, on our, on our website, www.nomadroyalty.com, and you could book a, a meeting directly with management. Vincent, pre- appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much.